0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. A few days ago, they uh, had a meeting of the Federation of Canadian Municipalities. Now, that's essentially uh, every mayor, every city councilor, town councilor from uh, communities large and small right across the country. They have an annual gathering. uh, And oftentimes, it's in Ottawa uh, for obvious purposes, because there's a lot of federal ministers hanging around, and every now and then you might even have the Prime Minister around to address a number of the meetings. And that's what happened the other day. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau did address the uh, the FCM, as they call it, and uh, and talked about his government's assistance programs and all the work that he's trying to do on key issues uh, like housing, transit, and announced a long-term infrastructure plan focusing on housing is going to be revealed in the fall. We need to increase the supply of housing. It's that simple. Our
1: government wants to see housing construction double over the coming years. Now, no single order of government can solve this alone, but we're putting real dollars behind this target. This isn't easy work, and we know that accelerating the housing pipeline comes with costs to you. That's why we're stepping up with $4 billion to be your partners in this work.
0: And, and on and on it went with uh, some other promises about government spending. And, and, of course, we know with Christy Freeland's budget a while ago that uh, they talked about some spending programs, too. But, but let's put this in perspective right now. Uh, we're having some rough times economically. We're trying to climb out of uh, a, a tough economic time because of uh, the pandemic and shutdowns, et cetera. And there needs to be a discussion about whether or not all this government spending is really helping or hurting. Uh, what's going on with our recovery these days and you know we got the indication just last week uh, about inflation actually increased uh, we thought we were on the the road to recovery here and then all of a sudden this I don't know if it's a blip or a new pattern or whatever but to get some perspective on this we're so pleased to welcome my next guest back to the program to talk about these things uh, Moshe Lander is a senior economics lecturer at Concordia University uh, Moshe always a pleasure thank you so much for the time today good morning I guess let's get right to the to the core question. Uh, you know, the Bank of Canada, Governor, Mr. Macklin, keeps telling us that the best way we're going to beat inflation and get our economy back on track is to reduce our spending. Uh, did uh, the government not get that email?
1: They did. Um, you know, I actually saw the uh, Prime Minister speak in person in Winnipeg last week, and he was actually saying during his, his talk that uh, they are trying to manage their spending because they recognize that... Uh, excessive spending is inflationary and not helping the problem. Uh, I, I think the the catch for them is that where they want to cut back off their spending, they have to deal with blowback from people that are already the recipients of that spending, saying, wait, why am I being the target here to solve your problem?
0: Well, because people are always going to look to government to try to get us out of a hole. I mean, you know, he used the example of housing, the clip we just played here. Uh, of course, we all know that we need housing. We need more housing starts, et cetera, and and the federal government absolutely has a role to play there. Maybe a key role to play in in in, in that project as we try to get back on our feet from that standpoint. Uh, but at the same time, you know, when you look at the inflation numbers and where we're going, uh, when. To, as, as you heard him, in the clip there, he says, you know, that's our money. But there's an implication to that, too. Not only are they spending money that, that we send there every year, a lot of it mine from what I just saw in my, my income tax uh, from, the, from the last month. But over and above that, it's it's keeping inflation alive, which is costing us even more money on a personal level anyway.
1: That's exactly it. And, and so they have this impossible line to watch because we haven't really seen this combination of high inflation and a struggling economy happening at the same time in almost 50 years. So usually when we see inflation accelerating, it's usually because there's excessive amounts of spending that are going on in an economy that's overheating. So that's an easy fix. You cut back the spending, you raise interest rates, everybody backs off, inflation goes away and the economy slows down. But when you have a sluggish economy mixed with this high inflation, it really doesn't matter what the government does. They could fix one of those two problems, but they're gonna make the other worse. So if they back off on spending, then where we're teetering on the edge of a recession, a recession becomes inevitable if they back off. They continue to spend, we avoid recession, but we get the inflation. So th- it's just a no-win situation for them.
0: Well, I know, and, and they've got, you know, their, their usual list of cliches that they use when they're ca- talking about some of the government spending. And, and here in Ontario, I mean, that happened with Doug Ford the other day, and he was talking about uh, uh, the announcement for the, the Stalinus plant. They're still negotiating with that. But, you know, how many jobs it's going to create. And I I read a, a, a piece, I think it was in the Ottawa Citizen the next day, that says, we don't need more jobs created here. We can't fill the ones we've got. Now, that, that's an overstatement, I guess, but it does, I, I think, address one of the points here, that that, that talking point about this is going to create more jobs uh, is not really applicable here. It, it, that's usually one of the lines that you want to use coming out of a recession. Uh, but but this is uh, this is not our grandfather's recession, is it?
1: No, and, and we're, we're, we're actually talking about, you know, labor shortages and we're talking about a very tight labor market, record high employment levels, record high employment levels among women, record low unemployment levels. You're right. We don't need more jobs necessarily. Um, what we need is is a way to rein in inflation. That has to be kind of first and foremost, because, you know, we're so close to getting back to the way things were uh, 18 months ago. If you can get that inflation back under control uh, then you can focus on the real economy. But if you continue to let that inflation out of the bag and you don't properly rein it in, it almost doesn't matter what's going on in the real economy. Uh, it, we, we've seen that people get really twitchy about just just 7% inflation. Like we're not talking about double digits. We're not talking about hyperinflation. We're just talking about 7% and people lose their minds. Uh, that that really does have to be the the first focus here.
0: Is, is there a chapter in that Economics 101 book motion that, that addresses a, a situation such as we're in? Because for a lot of us, we've we've never seen this before, and certainly a lot of politicians haven't seen this before.
1: Yeah, there is a chapter on it, and unfortunately, it's
0: one of the things that my students
1: don't like, and I think the voters are probably going to take the side with my students here. They're not going to like it. Um, the, the best solution here is you put your hands in your pockets and you say, this will have to fix itself because it's the only way that you can bring the economy uh, back under control with inflation and eliminate the recession. And So one way, for example, for it to happen is for wage demands to be tempered. You know, we saw a PSAC strike settled uh, with not crazy wage increases, but certainly above average. Uh, we saw a WestJet strike nearly happen. And this could create incentives for all kinds of other public sector unions, private sector unions to say, all right, well, where's mine? Um, if If the government were to put their hands in their pocket and just say, we're we're not getting involved. Uh, this is the type of thing that resolves it. But of course, people don't look to the government to put their hands in their pockets. They want them to be seen to be doing something, even if that doing something makes things worse.
0: Well, and to that point, I mean, when we see reports, uh, the, the one I was looking at over the weekend anyway, uh, that says that you know, Canada's spending policies, as, as frugal as the Prime Minister would like us to believe that they are, are probably help or hurting the, the, the recovery that we're shooting for here. And in the global picture, and you've talked to us about this before, Moshe, if, if we're not in a stable economic situation... Uh, you can forget about it. Foreign investment—they're not going to look to Canada and say that looks like a pretty stable place. They got their act together. Uh, let's let's do that. And and I'm not suggesting that's, for instance, so why Stellanis is is now playing the game. That's, I think there's a whole different motivation there. But but foreign investors, are, we, which we need desperately in this country, are going to think twice about Canada until we can get our act together economically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's one of those things that whenever we hear the the government talking about the problems that we find ourselves in, watch how fast they point out. Even though our situation is bad, we're the least bad among the G seven. Right? They keep trying to send that message out to foreign investors that look, it, it might not be a perfect situation that we have here, but we're better than most, uh, and hopefully that's enough to try and overcome the the reflexive dislike for uh, for investors to try and find Canada uh, an attractive place to be.
0: Which is when the game starts, is not it? Though you know, in other words, you know, they we can say to, uh, you know, investor A, whoever that might be, uh, you know, bring your money here. Uh, you know, we, we're even better off than our friends in the States right now. We, we've got a better opportunity here. So what does the States do to respond? Well, it's the Inflation Reduction Act. In other words, we're going to throw a lot of goodies at you, okay? Here's some extras, some trinkets and some stuff that that, that will uh, lure you there, even though the, the, the business deal may not be as strong. Uh, those, that added value stuff. And that's something Canadian politicians are, are not really comfortable doing. I know we've had to do it. Certainly we did it with Volkswagen uh, and and with the, the Stellantis plant situations like that. But it's it's not it's not the the typical canadian approach is it
1: no and and it's kind of interesting because you, you know one of those economic 101 textbook things is that when you are a net importer which is surprising to realize that we are uh you also have to be uh, accepting of foreign investment flows it, it's one of those kind of Accounting identities that has to be true that for every dollar we're a net importer There also has to be a dollar of foreign investment coming into this country So we we have to have it It's got to be coming from somewhere outside the borders uh, You would think then that if nothing else the government would try and target That if those dollars are going to have to come in from outside Let's at least get it in industries that uh, coincide with our plans on the environment Or that coincide with the labor skills that our our workers have uh, and, and at least trying to target the correct industries or the correct sectors would be helpful then in alleviating some of these labor market problems that we have. But uh, like you said, you know, th- this is a government that in general is not comfortable creating that sort of targeted approach, uh, especially if some of those targets are from questionable regimes or or from places that uh, that, that might not fit in with, say, Canadian values.
0: Moshe, how uncomfortable is this government, I mean, this particular federal government right now, uh, with that circumstance? Because this is a government that, that as you say, has established their priorities, uh, to, you know, in, environmental issues, et cetera. You know, there's a debate when, whether or not they're really pipeline friendly or really in, industrial friendly, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it's costing an awful lot of money for them to do this. And they've got to know, as they're, they're writing the check for the environmental issues, that uh, that at the same time they're hurting their own cause because of the inflationary pressures that it's it's putting on them right now uh there's got to be immense pressure i would think at least in some circles for them to say look at guys uh, you know don't be so ardent when it comes to some of these issues right now until we get our economy back on track and that that would take an awful change and a reversal for this government to, to start to, to back down on some of these these ideological t- takes that they've had on some of these policies
1: Yeah, and I I think that's the problem, is that they've backed themselves into a corner where they've taken a particular stance on the environment, which is probably uh, a reasonable stance to take. But at the same time, they're they're in this conflicted economic reality that in order to deliver on that, they have to compromise elsewhere. And again, I I go back to hearing the Prime Minister talk last week, and pretty much every comment that he was making to the people in the audience was, there are trade-offs involved, there are trade-offs involved. And he was trying to get them to realize that hey, if we're going to take this particular stance, then there are trade-offs involved. Uh, I I think the problem is that while he might publicly say he understands that there's trade-offs, I'm not sure that privately the decisions that they're making are uh, putting the correct benefits and costs within those trade-offs. And so it looks like the decisions that they're making are a little bit misguided. Um, It it could be a, a function of just... Uh, Government fatigue, too. One too many scandals, uh, lack of ideas, lack of creativity. uh, And that plagues a lot of governments when they've been in power for almost a decade. Uh, The the previous uh, conservative government was showing a fatigue as well at the end of their time. It it just comes with the territory that you grabbed all the low-hanging fruit and now what's left.
0: Somebody has to be the bad guy, though, in, in in the cabinet meetings, don't they? I mean, and by that I mean the one that's going to say, "Whoa!" even to the prime minister. Maybe not publicly, but certainly, uh, you know, when we, I think, at one point, the United Nations had almost described Canada as a, as a third world economic country because of our our dire circumstances. And along comes Paul Martin as the finance minister. And he played the bad guy. I mean, he did all the cuts that were necessary, and people hated him for it, but it got the country back in shape. Uh, John Manley, a similar situation, a few years after Martin had left and become prime minister. you got to have somebody that's willing to make the tough calls, even if the prime minister won't. And I, I don't know all the personalities in this current government, though, Motion. but I don't know that anybody is capable of playing that role now.
1: No, I agree with you. But I think that there's a difference between the the Chrétien and the Martin governments uh, of the last century and the Trudeau government of this century, which is this government is a minority. And so even if there's the bad guy in the room that's saying, uh, we're not going to stand for this, we're not going to take it, you, you have another party that is effectively propping them up. And so unless that bad guy in the room is prepared to say to the NDP, I dare you withdraw your support and precipitate a crisis in this country, which I'm not sure would help foreign investment, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of beholden at this point that behind the scenes, I'm not saying that the NDP is, is pulling the levers of government, uh, but there certainly has to be an element of consultation there that if they want to continue to remain in power, they have to deal with another party. And so I think that's going to temper the role of the bad guy in the room.
0: So do we just have to come to grips with the fact that and, and accept the fact that, that our recovery is probably not going to be as 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 rapid as, as we would like it to be? You know, the uh, Mr. Macklem's uh, suggestions about, you know, having inflation under control by uh, late this year, early next year, uh, just may be off by a little bit.
1: Well, I, I think that inflation can be under control by the beginning of next year, which is what I've been saying all along. So I, I'm not ready to back away from that yet. I haven't seen the data to suggest that I'm going to be wrong on that level um but yeah you know if if we're talking about will canada avoid a recession or uh will we will we fall into one I, i think that the government is kind of constrained uh in their ability to make sure that we avoid it the good news is i've been saying all along that if we do tip into recession it's not going to be our father's our grandfather's recession it's not going to be deep it's not going to be long and so there is a merit to what they're saying that we are the best among the g7 at least and so whatever it is that we suffer Uh, isn't going to be catastrophic or or terribly damaging it's just unfortunate that uh the government can't be doing more at this point to to alleviate
0: well and uh, as you say when you heard the prime minister last month and and even from his comments in ottawa last week they they seem to understand what the circumstances as to how you know they want to respond to it, I guess it's it's still something we're going to have to be tracking, but at least they seem to understand that they're, they're on thin ice here right now and they have to walk carefully. Uh, Always great to get your uh, perspective on this Moshe. Thanks so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Take care. Moshe Lander from uh, Concordia University. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from nine to noon on 900 CHML.